out of 1 Peter 4. I keep just, man, so much out of this first, out of 1 Peter 4. Once again, with that thought of purposing ourselves as Christ, living like Christ, acting like Christ, walking, walking like Christ. It's our choice if we choose to live according and by his words, but I believe when we do, we glorify him, we exalt him, we please him, we praise him. And transitions here, we'll begin at verse 8. It transitions here from, well, actually, let's read verse 7, where we left off last week. But the end of all things is at hand. Be ye therefore sober and watch unto prayer. So we looked at that, week, that verse last week and considering about how the end is near. Jesus is coming soon, morning or night or noon. We love that song here, don't we? I've been singing that this week. That's been my song this week. I've had that on my mind and heart. And uh, so that's what we're reminded of in verse 7 is that he's coming soon. At any moment in the twinkling of an eye, he will return. It's imminent. It's right there. But verse 8, it transitions and it says that above and above all things have fervent charity among yourselves. Charity means love. We've heard about that. Talked about that in Sunday school, amen? Charity means love. I believe when I first started preaching out of 1 Peter 4, Brother Josh Prince pointed out to me that this verse, we were coming up on the verses about charity. And I believe that's where it takes center stage in these scriptures, most importantly pointing to purposing ourselves as Christ is love, is love. The shepherd of our valley, man, that shepherd, he loves. He has to love. You've got to love your flock to take care of the flock. And I think it's important when we think of Christ, we think of him as the great shepherd, that shepherd that shows the humility. We looked at the life of Moses. Moses started out as a shepherd. You look at David. David started out as a shepherd. It's lowly and the humble position that requires love, care, honesty, uh, sometimes uh, defense. But at all times, most importantly, as it says, above all things, having fervent charity. That word fervent comes from the word, uh, Latin word, fervent. And it essentially can mean boiling. Boiling. I made some water over in the, I boiled some water over in the fellowship hall. And uh, you, you boil some water, make tea, make coffee. And man, that boiling water, as long as it's got the heat to it, it's just going to keep on keeping on. It's just going to do its thing. It's just boiling. It's active. It's moving. It's constant. It's consistent. It's hot. It's on fire. Almost. It's fervent. It's fervent. And where it says there, have fervent charity, as in your love should be boiling inside of you. And I believe if we keep ourselves as close to the shepherd as we can, we can have fervent love. Amen. But it requires staying close to him. I heard it said recently, I don't remember who here said it, it may have been Chad Sunday, but love is the most misused term or word in our society today. Love. I love this, I love that. You know, there's some things I truly love. But I'm learning that 
things that I truly love and things that I biblically love are things that I wouldn't want to live without. That's the type of love you have for it. I love sports or I love this or that, but I can live without it. I did for a number of years when it was ticking me off every time you'd watch it. But, man, my family, I love them. I, I don't want to live without them. Without them. There may come a day where I have to, and I, I'd hate to think about that day, but I have a fervent love for them. It's consistent. It's consistent. I don't want to even entertain the thought of not having them. So I have a fervent love for them each and every day. Wake up, and I've got to keep the fire going, right? We've got to keep the love boiling and keep the love going, but it's, got to, it's, it's fervent. It's consistent. And so, while we are to be looking for the return of Christ, it says most importantly, keeping, and above all things, have fervent charity. Now, it doesn't just say, you just individually have uh, uh, individual fervent charity. Love, I believe, is, is, is the method in, wi- in which a Christian can uh, speak to another Christian of a spiritual nature or reach the world for the cause of Christ. That love, I'm telling you what, if, if, you've, if you've been saved you can probably point yourself back to somebody that showed you biblical, Christian, fervent love that struck God used to strike your heart when he, when he called on you to be saved. When he, when he pricked that heart of yours to uh, come to him and, and, and uh, draw you in with, with uh, compassion and with conviction, I'm sure you can think with, to someone that fervently loved you, family or not, they showed you Christian love. I've got a few people I can think of. And they just, they touched my heart even to this day because they had consistent, and they, were bo- they had consistent love and they were boiling over with love. Fervent charity. Now it doesn't just say have it individually, but it says among yourselves. Among yourselves. Now, we think about Christ, and I, I believe he's the greatest example of fervent love because whether he was flipping tables over, uh, and, and, and he, he's flipping tables over, or he was telling somebody they were wrong for what they were doing, he was healing the blind, he was uh, causing Lazarus to walk out of the grave, you can see fervent love consistent in his life. We have a misconstrued view of love today because we think love is only the positive things. It's only the positive things. And we'll get to that in a minute. I'm getting way ahead of myself. But Christ's fervent, fervent love, I believe he fervently loved the sinner. Did he not? Did he not fervently love the sinner? I often say, one day when, they stand, when someone stands over my body and gives a, delivers a, a message uh, over my body in remembrance of me, one thing I hope they say is that I was a friend of sinners. Because that's what my Jesus was. He was a friend of sinners. He fervently loved the sinner. Because you know what? When he came to this world, each and every person breathing upon the earth, they were a sinner. They required love. The Sadducees and the Pharisees, they might not have thought they were, but they were sinners. And he loved them, and he had a different type of relationship uh, with them than he did with the maniac of Gadara or uh, the, uh, the woman at the well or the woman with the issue of blood. He had a different relationship with them, but he showed them all love just the same. It's because it was fervent love. You're gonna, if you truly love someone, you love them in the good and you love them in the bad. How many have said, till death do us part? You make that commitment. You're making, in my mind, and I believe scripturally, you're making a bond between yourself, between that individual, and between God. 
to do your very best, to try your very best, to do what you can to love that person. But thank the Lord that when I was welcomed into his family, no man could tear that asunder. No man can draw that and break it and, and, and cast me out. That's a forever fervent until, until, until forever type of love. And he loved a sinner like me. He loved the poor. Man, are we not coming back to a world of status? I'm missing the old generation more and more and more. I was very blessed. I was blessed. I mean, I, I'm an old soul, I know. You know that. But I was blessed to know some folks, man, they were 80, 90 years old 15, 20 years ago. They've been gone that long. I've been very blessed to know some of the older folks. And you know what? Consistently I saw in the older folks is that especially the ones that, that uh, gave me such, struck my heart so much, I'm still talking about them today, is those, they were poor. They didn't have a thing in the world. But man, they would tell you about Jesus. I ain't got much, but man, I'm blessed. My grandparents, I, I know I talk about them so much, my uh, both sets. I've got wonderful, wonderful grandparents, and I've, I've been blessed to know all four of my grandparents. What a blessing that is. My dad's parents, specifically, I, I spent a lot of time there growing up, and I'm here to tell you, the rotary telephone. I grew up knowing how to use a rotary telephone because they didn't ever want to update their telephone. They didn't have a need to. They, had a, they have a cell phone from probably 2008 or 2009 that's still in perfect working condition because they never use it. They've got the same old couch that my great-grandfather had. When he died, they inherited it. No telling how long he had it before they did. They've got the same chairs. They've got the same... There's a, there's a, 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 a big old uh, record player, an eight-track player, uh, sitting in the living room. Looked, I always just thought it was furniture. You pop the top of that thing, man, there's a record player and an eight-track player in that thing. They're not people, and I'm not, I'm, I am bragging on them. I love them, but you can go to their house right now and you know they're just... They're content with what they got. Both sets of my grandparents are that way, and I appreciate that because that's instilled in me a matter of doesn't matter materially what I have. I can't get to a point materialistically where I just, I, I've, got, I've got stuff and, and I'm going to take it all with me. I've never seen a hearse with a trailer hitch on it, ever. They don't do it. You ain't going to drag a trailer to your grave with you. This body, it goes to the ground and returns to the dust of the earth. All the material things, they don't matter. God doesn't want someone that can't let go of what they got on this world. He wants someone that's willing to say, take what you may, Lord. And Jesus, he loved the poor when the others, Sadducees, the Pharisees, those so caught up in the law, they looked down on them. Well, they're not this, they're not that. Is the class system in our country not becoming so prevalent it's hard i mean middle class what are you talking about i mean it's just i mean it's hard to understand high class middle class low class whatever no class because my goodness our poorest people in our country and i know the people that truly truly face i'm praying praying for this gentleman without any shoes praying for joe praying for hunter there's some, man, they really need it. But some of our poorest people in our nation have more than, than some of the richest people in others. We're a blessed country. And there's certainly exceptions to that. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is 
Jesus loved those, those poor. And it brings me even back to that thought of dealing with the homeless, spending time working in downtown Asheville. And I catch myself thinking, man, I can't wait to get out of here. I can't wait to get away from these people. Because it's just so, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to be around it 24-7. But I'm rem- reminded and I'm remembering that Christ fervently loved the poor. He loved those that didn't have the shoes on. He loves those that has the drink on their breath, the drugs up their nose and in their arms. He fervently loves those that barely got a thing. Fervently loves those that the only way they can heat their home is drag a grill inside. Light a grill. Unfortunately, sometimes causing someone's life. My brother went to the fire the other day. He said the chimney was made out of HVAC pipe. Man, how blessed we are. How blessed we are. Jesus loves those people, the poor, the downtrodden, the beaten down. He loves them. And I should fervently love them too. I shouldn't ever look at it as, man, I can't wait to get away from this. I've been guilty of that. I'm honest with you. But I'm quickly reminded through the conviction given by the Holy Spirit, Jesus loves those people. I can deal with poor, Lord. I can't deal with drugs. Jesus loves them. There's children. Their sheep gone astray. He wants them to come in. And man, if I can let the love of Christ boil over through me, we'll get to this in just a moment, but if I can let the love of Christ boil over through me to a sinner or to the poor and to the downtrodden, man, isn't that showing fervent love? Because it doesn't just say to show fervent love to yourself. It says to show fervent love among yourselves. Among yourselves. Jesus loved the sick. You know, those that nobody else wanted to be around because, or, or people had given up on. The lepers, man, stay away from the lepers. That was the scourge of, of the earth. Stay away from the lepers. The woman with the issue of blood. I mean, she just consistently having health issues over and over and over and over, but just the touch Just a touch healed her. He loved the blind. I mean, you name it. There's a consistent story here, ain't there? The sinner, the poor, and the sick. The things we feel like sometimes we've completely overcome, we forget where he got us, where he found us. You might be able to tick some of those boxes for yourself. The sinner, the poor, the sick. You can tick those, maybe even still today. He loved them all fervently, boiling over, consistently. And even those, and he especially loved those lacking in faith. Think about old Peter cutting off the ear of the soldier. That's an honorable thing. I mean, he wanted to defend his Savior. But Peter, he often lacked the faith that things were going to work out all right. Often lacked the faith that the Lord had a plan. Come what may to Jesus. He had a plan. The lacking faith of, you name it, in the Bible, you find lacking faith consistent. He fervently loves those with lacking faith. So I would contest tonight, we should love those, the sinners. Because 
we're still sinners. <laughs> we think sometimes we're saved and we over we overcome we overcome hell. But man, I don't overcome this flesh until I die. I'm still a sinner. I'm not a sinner headed for hell. I'm a sinner by the grace of God headed for heaven. But man, I'm a sinner. The poor. The book of James teaches about exalting people. People would come into the church and they'd have chains and gold and rubies and rings and power and money. and Come take a seat here in the front. That's why I believe in the Baptist denomination throughout history because of that right there. <laughs> Come take a seat down front, brother. We'd love for you to tithe to our church. We can take it online. We can take it in the plate. You can give it to somebody after the service. They look at people and think, oh, man, this will financially benefit the church. Come on, have a seat down front. Jesus, and through his word, through, even through the book of James, we'll get to it at some point teaches that we ought not have that spirit that we exalt the poor just like we would the rich. And we think sometimes too, we look at somebody, we judge a book by its cover. Well, they don't have this, right? Heard a story one time about a man, uh, you know the family if I mention the family, but local guy, he's an old farmer, wore his bibbed overalls everywhere. Went and milked her cows that morning, covered in mud and everything else on his, on his overalls, and goes to a car dealership, walks in, sale, young salesman walks out. He says, I'd like, to, uh, I'd like to purchase this car sitting out here. He said, it's a new Cadillac, and I've got cash. I'd like to know what your cash price is on that car. Salesman looked at him and said, well... Sir, I'm not trying to be rude, but the used lot is down the hill. He said, I didn't ask for a used car. He said, I'm trying to buy my daughter-in-law a new car. I want to know the cash price of the vehicle out front, that Cadillac SUV. I'd like to know the cash price. And the young salesman said, sir, I told you the used lot's down the hill. I'll phone down there and let, you know, let them know you're on your way. What the young salesman didn't know is that this gentleman went to school with the, one of the managers of this dealership and he overheard the situation and quickly resolved, told the young manager or the young salesman, don't judge a book by its cover. That man's got more money in the bank than any of us in this place. We often judge. We look at somebody and think, well, they can't do this or they can't. I've learned that sometimes in sales. They don't teach you not to judge in sales. They don't teach you that. But I've learned through this word, Jesus loved the poor, the drowned trodden, those, man, maybe materialistically, they didn't have anything to do, but they were bubbling over with faith. They were bubbling over with love. And sometimes we've got to be careful, those that we come across in life in a Christian nature. Well, they can't do this, or they can't do that, or they're not that good at this or that. Don't judge a book by the cover. Because those we're sending down to the used lot, they're his children. He fervently loved the poor. This might be as far as we get today, tonight. He fervently loved the sick. It's one of those things that until it, I've learned that until something, a tragedy or sickness or something, until it hits your home, 
your home individually. I've tried not to say, well, I know what you're feeling. Because there's some things I can say I know what you're feeling, and I, I mean it. I've been through it. But there's a lot of things I've never experienced. Maybe you have. But we serve a Savior. He's felt it all. He was nailed to the cross, and he felt the pain of loss and suffering and death and dishonor. He felt it all when he died on the cross. He took it upon himself so that we might not have to bear that. So that we might be able to find peace. That we might find hope. He took that on our behalf. What a blessing that is. I don't understand what you're going through. You don't understand what I'm going through. But he does. Once again, before the foundation of the earth, he knew what would take place. He knew what would, would, what would happen. That's how great a God we serve. Yet he gives us the free will to choose to put our trust in him. And I say we fervently love those that are sick, those that are, and we can't fix the problem. We can't fix the problem. I can't change it. I can just determine how I'm going to respond. Those that are facing circumstances, difficulties, maybe I can't completely take away all of your pain, maybe kind words, but when you lose something, you lose someone, you face a situation, circumstance, there comes a point in time. Think about back to my grandfather. Everybody goes home. The visits stop. The phone calls stop. The text messages slow down. That's when you start to hurt, in my experience when it starts sinking in that's when I had to get a hold of Jesus Lord you sent some people that have helped comfort me along the way but they were that, that comfort that was just just a band-aid till you could come on the scene and thank you for those people but Lord thank you for fervently loving me and knowing you'd, you'd come to me this day this moment this experience this difficulty and you'd lift my spirit up in a way that no one can. He's a friend that sticketh closer than any brother. I love him. thankful for him. I'm thankful he lo loves the sick. He loves those that are hurting. Those that no one else understands what's going on. He knows. He knows. Thankful for that peace. And he fervently loves those lacking in faith. Which is me daily. Lacking in faith. He still loves me. Even though I'm, I, deep down I, I know if you're a Christian you know. It's all going to work out. God's going to handle it. But I lack in faith often that he's going to handle it and it's all going to be okay regardless of what the situation happens, whatever happens. But he still loves me fervently. And what he's telling us through this scripture, through, the, through Peter, love the sinner fervently. Love the poor fervently. Love the sick fervently. Love those lacking in faith fervently. The last part of that verse, it says, For charity shall cover the multitude of sins. That's where we start really digging into the fervent charity among yourselves. And I don't uh, feel led to continue there tonight. But Lord willing, soon.